This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. with the Guardians Fancast. I'm here with Tyler and we're doing our usual tie days, Fridays. How you doing, Tyler? Good. We had a successful West Coast trip, so nothing to be upset about. So true. And we'll be talking after an off day, so nothing can go wrong for us there. Hopefully, uh, we'll have seen a Gavin Williams and either Logan Allen or Tanner Bybee, depending on how the rainout affected things. Hopefully, those starts will go well for Akron and Columbus, and we'll have all kinds of positive feelings heading into the home opener. Uh, so I thought what we could do today is I'd offer you some buy sells. So I'll give you some early season. Obviously, it's super early or super early season trends, and you can decide if you're buying or selling. All, all right. right. All right. Here's an early season trend. Jose Ramirez is no longer a power hitter. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sell on that. I think he's, he's pressing a little bit. I think, um, might be some residual from his injury, but I time and again, we've seen Jose Ramirez adjust and become Jose Ramirez. So at this point, I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt from everyone that he's going to figure it out. So I'm confident he's still going to hit 20 30 home runs this year yeah i think that's wise to uh to sell on that one especially since yesterday i saw somebody talking about how he didn't have any barrels well he did hit one to the the wall yesterday so yeah. pretty sure he'll figure it out he does need to swing at a few less uh balls but He'll figure it out. He always does. I have no concerns that long-term he won't figure it out. I just wonder sometimes if the injury uh, and the habits he developed there might require a little bit of time, but yeah, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, all right, here's another trend. Tim Heron is the next Andrew Miller. Oh, if you asked me after the first game you pitched, I would have said yes. <laughs> and um, the second game. I don't know. I... I I can't I can't agree with that. I think I think he has the potential to be very good, but I I'm not convinced he's gonna be he's gonna you know light the scene up like Andrew Miller did because well one it's Andrew Miller it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to compete with peak Andrew Miller but also um, I feel like Tim Heron. Um, his just he doesn't have very many bubbles on baseball savant yet, um, but the ones he does have are very blue, and so I'm concerned that the bottom's gonna fall out at some point, if there's even a bottom to fall out yet, because he's had like two or three games. So I'm hopeful yeah. for him, but I'm not I'm not ready to anoint him the next Andrew Miller. Again, you're. You're correct in responding to these reactionary. These uh, some of these that I'm giving you are just reactionary trends that I see 
on, on Twitter. But yeah, that, I mean, you're correct to see that. Uh, Heron's exciting, and hopefully, mm-hmm. I, I hope he stays in the bullpen and they get to work with him because the big thing for him is if he can throw strikes, I think that he'll be fine. That was the issue. The issue uh, on Wednesday was that he walked you guys. That was why. Yeah. And then if you can't put a hitter away and it's a right-handed hitter, they're definitely going to get a shot to put one out on you. And that's what happened. And that'll happen. And he'll he'll learn how to shake that off. And I think he'll be good. But it'll be nice in a little bit here to have Henches and Heron in the pen. When's the last time we had two good lefties in the pens? Feels like it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's going to rely on his slider because his slider – dominates so far it's his fastball that's getting him into trouble so if he can if he can consistently locate both of them and play off one another i think he'll be fine eli morgan high leverage reliever i would say yes but not necessarily because of eli morgan i feel like if there's another relief pitcher in this buy sell trend i think it's because of him um I feel like Eli Morgan may be thrust into the role of high leverage reliever, and I feel like he can succeed. But if everyone else was playing well, I would say no. But I think he's got a shot, and I hope he takes it. Yeah, I, I'm buying on it. I think it'll be he'll he'll get switched around a little bit when you get Hinch's back and so forth. I the the Guardians bullpen is seriously good, and I knew that going into the season. But I think they're going to be better than what people expect. They'll have some hiccups. Every bullpen does, but um, I, I, the thing that I've noticed is that, and I've got a little article I'm working on with this. He's using his slider a lot more, and it's interesting because his slider barely moves. It has a little spin that barely moves, and it's effective because his fastball and changeup spin and move so much. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like his slider is sort of like a knuckleball. I don't. I don't think he's using his knuckles, but it kind of functions that way. It doesn't move. Well, knuckleballs move, but it doesn't have a lot of spin to it, and it stays flat. So hitters are expecting that fastball or or changeup to move, and they swing under or swing over the changeup, the the slider. So I do think that if they can continue to work on the pitch mix, and plus he's throwing harder this year too, uh, that if he can keep that up, he can be a guy that you'll see in the seventh fairly regularly. So all good news there. All right. Um, Josh Bell was a terrible free agent signing friend. I love Josh Bell. So I disagree with that. Um, I think, I think it was either, I can't remember if I was listening on the radio or if I was watching the broadcast when this happened, but I think it was Hammy was like, he's just trying to do so much and he's at a new team and a lot of players do that when they get to a new team. And so I'm confident similar with Jose Ramirez that Josh Bell is going to settle in and we'll be fine. Um, I think we all wish it would have happened sooner than now, but it's only been seven games and I, yeah, he's going to be fine. I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about Josh Bell. I still think he's got, you know, the opportunity to play really well and be a key piece to this team this year. And he's hitting the ball hard still. It's not like he's, he's not getting cheated. He's still hitting his, you know, exit velocity is, you know, in the upper levels for baseball right now. So it's just a matter of time before they start falling in. Yeah. I, and I'm selling on this trend too. It's crazy to me that people are 
and not you or, or anyone else that I'm talking about on the podcast, but I see so many people that are that are bailing on Josh Bell are already not realizing that he's a streaky hitter. He's a very streaky hitter, but also he, he shows you signs that he's going to be able to figure it out. Like you said, with the exit velocities, but also he's taking plenty of walks. He's seeing the mm-hmm. ball well. Eventually, you know, he's probably going to have one of these weeks where he hits like five homers in a week and everybody's going to be like, this was the greatest sign. Yeah. And then, and then he'll disappear for the month of June, and they'll be like, that's so terrible. But that's the Josh Bell experience. Enjoy it. And like you said, it's hard It's it's hard not to love him. He just seems like a great guy in and, and all the interviews. And I hope he gets his book club started because he's got a book club he used to run in other cities, and that sounds amazing. Um, all right. Here's another trend for you. Miles Straw could put – Miles Straw is going to put up seven wins above replacement. Uh, I don't think he's going to hit seven. I think that would be ridiculous. Although that would make him probably the best comeback player of the year ever. Um, okay. How about how and, and I do think seven is probably stretched. That's probably too much. Let's say, let's say, Oh, what could I make it? Can I, let's, let's turn this into over under um, a little bit. Okay. How about five and a half over under? I'm going to go slightly under. Only because I I believe that he's going to hit better than he did last year. For no other reason than it's hard for him to hit worse than he did last year. Um, he's going to play great defense, so he doesn't have to do as much with the bat to get to that level. But I think I think he'll fall just short. I've, I think he's going to be maybe in the upper threes, low fours. So I would take the under on him hitting five and a half four. Yeah, that's it's an interesting question, really. I think I would probably sell there as well. Um, right now, after a week, he's got a 179 WRC plus, and if and also he has a negative defensive rating because he had a couple of plays that weren't so great. Uh, but yes, yesterday uh, when we're talking at Wednesday, he had a uh, tremendous catch, and you know that eventually he'll figure out the defensive part of it. So assuming that, you know, he's back to being the elite gold glover that we know he is, uh, if Miles Straw put up a 179 WRC plus, then he's like a seven or eight win player at least, yeah. you know, like maybe 10. So he's not, he's not going to do that. We know he's not going to do that. Please feel free to prove me wrong and do that. Yes. Yeah. I'd be, be absolutely thrilled. But I do think that if Straw puts up, so, so Straw in, 2021 had a 97 WRC plus and put up three wins. He, he didn't, he was about half as good defensively as he was last year. So if you split the difference there and push him more towards a 110 WRC plus 100 to 110 WRC plus, I think you're probably looking at a four and a half win player. Uh, that would be a super, that would be a really, really exciting season. So I, I think that that would be great. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I just hope that people don't think that that week of April Miles Straw is who he's going to be over the long term. I hope you know that it is, but I suspect that he'll be a league average bat, which is fine. If he's a league average bat with his glove, you play him every day and you're thrilled with that. See, you you used logic and math and statistics, and I just went with vibes. So, you know, we <laughs> got mean, to, the, to the same, around the same answer. <laughs> we came to the same conclusion, which is, it just shows that you know ball, so that's good. That's fine. All right. Uh, now, here's an interesting one for you. Buy or sell, Zach Plesek will not make it out of April as the Guardians' fifth starter. 
I think he makes it out of April. I don't think he makes it much farther than that. Um, because I think with, yeah, we have a decent amount of like off days. So I feel like there's not, he's not going to pitch too much in April, but I think he'll pitch enough to where by the end of the month, it's going to be like, all right, you're, you're on your last leg at this point. And I just, I just don't see, I just don't see him turning it around and it sucks. Cause I feel like we've seen moments from him where he pitches very well, but it's just, he's inconsistent. And when he gets hit, he gets hit hard. Um, He's got a, he's got a 54 ERA right now. Um, and <laughs> those early season numbers can be pretty funny. Kind of like yeah. Josh Bell. I think Josh Bell's hitting like, Oh, 54 right now. It's not, yeah, it's not it's, pretty if you have a rough first week. Yeah, it's well, yeah, he's got one inning and an eight whip. So, <laughs> yeah, I just with Cleveland's depth of pitching talent that they have, I feel like the leash is going to be shorter for a pitcher like Zach Plesak, especially if Cleveland gives themselves a good little buffer and gets out of April with a decent record, I feel like they'll use, they'll see what some of those other pitchers can do. And I feel like there's discussion right now on Twitter of whether we have pitchers in the minors that will currently be better or at least equal to Zach Plesak. And I think I've seen it. I've seen the discussion on both ends of it. And a lot of people say we don't, but I feel like, you know, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, we just saw, you know, Hunter Gaddis have a good game. So I feel like we've got pitchers that sh- at least deserve a look. And I don't know that Zach Plesak's going to do enough to keep them from getting those looks. Yeah, I think that was all well said. Here's what I would say. If Plesak comes out, his next start, maybe his next two starts, and his fastball is topping out at 89 miles an hour and he's getting throttled, There's, I don't think there's any way they go with him much more than two more times if that's the case. Now, if he comes out and he's got a little more velocity and his stuff's looking a little better and he performs well, then he'll absolutely get, you know, probably through May before they say, oh, we might have better options. But if he comes out and he's like, because Xavier Curry, his fastball sitting ninety two. You you just mm-hmm. can't you just can't let a guy just absolutely tank your team and your bullpen. That's the thing. Like early on in the season, especially, you can't let your bullpen get tanked like that. And he set the team back for several games by what he did to the bullpen. They won't mm-hmm. let him do that. If he comes out next time and he throws five innings, gives up three runs, then yeah, he's going to get a longer a longer period. But so I think I kind of buy the trend because I'm not sure that he's going to find that velocity because he didn't really have much of it last year. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Now, did you have any other trends that you thought of? No, no pressure, but just giving you the option. Um, I'm seeing some slander from people on Stephen Kwan and I want them to stop because. Who is um, slandering Stephen for what? I Right. I've seen a couple of people. Too awesome. I just yeah he had what like five RBIs in that one game like um you just here's the thing here I just want to break in here and then you can defend Stephen Kwan that's what we're in today but I just want to say teams there are two things you cannot do do not go into extra innings against the Guardians bad idea 
they're going to beat you. Second, do not pull the infielders in on Stephen Kwan. Yeah. <laughs> that never works. That's his what thing. Happens? Bloop singles into the outfield. <laughs> like, Don't put the infielders in. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I, I've, yeah, I've seen a couple. And granted, not a lot of people, but um, yeah, I think after the past couple games when he wasn't getting on base as much, um, folks were starting to like drop stock in him. I just, I don't get it. He's, if, I think this is a nice wrap up to this is that all of these trends, everyone needs to take a step back on because we've played seven games. And so if folks are going to highly believe it, like you have to be consistent. Like if, if you truly think someone who's very bad right now is going to continue to be very bad, you then also have to believe someone who's really good is going to continue to be really good. So it's, you can look at different statistics and different underlying metrics to maybe predict a little bit with more certainty, but there's just an inconsistency on reactionary Twitter that I mean, is not new, but someone has a couple bad games. They're terrible. Someone has a couple great games. They're the next Babe Ruth or, um, you know, Pedro Martinez or whatever it happens to be. So everyone calm down. Cleveland went out West for seven games. They won both series and they're coming home. They're going to wear John Adams patch on Friday and it's going to be wonderful. So we are in a great place as Cleveland Guardians fans. They're going to play some good teams in their homestand. So their that games might be tough. They might lose a few. Mm-hmm. Everybody remember that you cannot draw any conclusions about a team until Memorial Day. And any conclusions you can draw Memorial Day are still very preliminary. So do, do not freak out about a rough stretch if one were to occur. But, man, I've got a good feeling about this team. They've come out Same. of the gate strong and and uh, they they know the thing that makes a difference this year is that they know they're good, uh, mm-hmm. but they haven't maintained they haven't lost that hunger, that drive, that you know will to win, that relentless nature that Tito t- tends to get in his teams, and that defines Jose Ramirez and anybody around him, and Ahmed Rosario. I mean, those guys too are two of the most relentless players I've ever seen. So um, that that helps them, and I, I feel like it's going to be a fun season. But there'll be ups and downs, so get ready to buy and sell and, and over-under through the whole thing. All right, thanks, Tyler. Yep, see you, Quincy. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.